everyone. I'm Reverend Carla. Welcome to Spirituality Matters. And now I invite you to settle in and find that sacred space between here where I am and there where you are. And let us be reminded that the Holy transcends our physical bodies. And our time together is just as sacred and meaningful as if we were sitting beside one another. Okay, let's get started. Beloveds, I am so honored. Today, I have a very special guest with me. This is Nathaniel Pons. Nathaniel, it's so good to see you here today. Nathaniel has a second persona who is Alistair Terrell, Alistair Terrell, excuse me. And uh, I'm sorry, I forgot to ask your pronouns. Um, is he, she, they, them. Okay, thank you. And he will be sharing his story today. I have spent a few minutes with him before this uh, podcast, and I can tell you that I've just been captivated and already know that if I were sitting beside him right now, we would be able to just have a wonderful conversation. So Nathaniel, thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you so much for having me. Well, and uh, thank you to all the audience for tuning in. And um, we can't wait to share what I have on my heart. Well, I will just get right to it then. If you would like to start by just telling us a little bit of your story, and I just, I want to share how it touched me, the, the parts that you've already shared with me, because as I was telling you, our followers, uh, a lot of them have, have been rejected, have been mm-hmm. hurt, are trying to find their place and understand that it's absolutely okay to step into your authentic self. And I can tell from the look in your eyes and the beauty on your face that that is exactly what you're doing. But your story will resonate with them because it will remind them of their own. So just, I'm going to open the floor to you to share whatever is on your heart. Um, Well, I knew I was different around the age of six and um because I thought boys were really cute, you know, boys my age at that time. And, you know, and I would always uh, play with Barbies or dolls, you know, play house, stuff like that. So I knew from there uh, something was different about me. But being raised in an evangelical Christian home, um, an Assembly of God Christian home, uh, I was taught, you know, that you shouldn't do those things. Um, uh, I was started to be taught to, to shame myself, you know, and to, you know, you're a sinner, you're demon possessed, you know, all this different stuff, you know? Um, so with that, it was very growing up was very tough because I knew different stages of my life. Um, like age 13 was another stage that I knew who I was, who I was, you know, I knew, um, that I was like, I was been taught is different and, still be impressed that, oh, you need to put those feelings away. That's sinful. That's evil. That's wrong. You shouldn't like boys or guys, you know? Um, and so I'm just like confused because I'm like, okay, this is natural to me. It feels good. It feels natural. So I kept oppressing myself and allowing others to do so. And in so doing, you know, I just started dating, you know, females and um, started dating you know, uh, women, um, that were being introduced to me for a possible marriage. Cause I was being trained to be a pastor, you know, um, cause that's big in my family. If you're not a pastor, you're an evangelist. If you're not an evangelist, you're a missionary. If you're not a missionary, you're something of that nature. Um, so I was bred to be a pastor. And so I started Bible college around, uh, 18 and graduated around 2021, 20, uh, the, the age. And, uh, so I, took up pastoring and 
still oppressing that because I knew that, you know, I knew that was who I was, but you know, you, you know, you're taught that the Bible says this and the Bible says that. And my family just wanted to keep putting that over my head, you know, um, and others that were my mentors and things of that nature. So around age 23, though, actually the last church I pastored at in the Assemblies of God denomination, the there was an individual who was over the college ministry, and he and I became good friends, and it became a romance. So we had to we had to hide that, you know, because we're we're in a, in a Assembly of God denomination, we're in an evangelical you know surroundings, and so. We hit that, and it was then I knew for sure, without a doubt, that I was who I was because he was my first love. And still to this day, I love him and wish we could be together. But he's married happily, and um, so now I'm doing my best to find who I'm supposed to be with. But um, right then and there, I knew that this was me, you know. Um, but sadly, someone found out in the church, and then. That's when hell broke loose, per se, in my life, because I was manipulating and encouraged to do conversion therapy. And um, once I did that, um, I left the church altogether, as in the evangelical church, because I'm thinking what I was put through, what I had to go through, and what I was told in those, those sessions and in that time frame. I was like, this isn't of the Creator. This isn't of the Spirit. This isn't right, you know. Um, being taught to hate yourself. Yeah, let let me pause for a moment because that's such a profound experience. And so many people have had that happen to them or they've heard heard of it. And I I just want to pause and recognize the strength of you experiencing that, enduring that, and out of that, completely rejecting it and walking away. How strong of a, a spirit you have to be able to love yourself enough to say, I don't deserve that. That is not my truth. And that is not of spirit. I just think that's, that's just so amazing. And if I can back up just a minute and ask you just one question about your childhood, because you mentioned in your, in your teens that you started to receive some pushback and what felt like condemnation from your family were you actively talking to them or was it just that they were aware that you were not like other children, uh, mostly males of your age? Um, it was uh, them aware of it. They didn't, we didn't actually talk about it, but it was, it was, it was a manipulative way of speaking about it. Like they were aware of it and saw of it and was really adamant against it. And they would make sure that I knew they were adamant against it. And so with that, you know, it was, um, it was like, I was afraid to talk to anybody. I was afraid to say anything because I already knew how evangelical they were and who, you know, the churches were and, uh, would hear occasionally the pastor of our church teach against it uh, very violently also. Um, and so I was just scared, you know, I didn't know what to do, didn't know who to turn to. I kept it within myself and cried myself to sleep. I can't remember how many times. And, um, and with all that, plus, conversion therapy that started some deep depression where I um, contemplated suicide quite a few times. Uh, two of them were almost successful. Oh. But thankfully, friends walked in at the moment and uh, things were changed. Um, but yeah, that was 
you know, and just to think that even though, you know, I've come to terms with who I am now, I still took a while from after conversion therapy. Uh, it took quite a few years because then I started, you know, just trying to find it, my spirit, my my path, my spiritual path, my as as I thought religious path or whatever. Um, and so I knew my family was on my mom's side, um, Jewish descent. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go, I'm going to go study Judaism, you know? Uh, so for that while I studied Judaism, um, started my conversion in Judaism around 25 or 26. Uh, and then the rabbis wanted me to start studying to be rabbinical because they loved how I spoke and talked and my mannerisms and things of that nature. And, how I just grasped things very well. Uh, so then they started uh, encouraging me to find a woman. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Uh, oh. It's a myth, it's a myth vote. You know, find a woman. You know, find a woman. Um, and so the last girl I dated was in the year of 2018, and she knew she knew of my. She didn't speak it or say it, but I knew she knew. And she says, "You need to go be yourself, and you need to really search yourself to be who you need to be." And so I'm like, wow, okay. And she says, you know, not that I don't love you. It's just that we can't be together because I don't want to live with someone that's not attracted to me. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I wouldn't blame her, you know. And sadly, so many have done that where they married just out of circumstances with society pushed on them and they're doing things secretly or they're, they're, they're in a happy marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, and some may be an okay marriage, but you could still tell that there's some happiness. You know, um, I've, I know several that I have talked to that they wish they had come out before they got married to and and, and be themselves. So you you um, rejected the evangelical. You you walked away. You dove into Judaism, and it is very common that once you start to deconstruct, but you're trying to figure out what life is like in that spiritual yeah. wilderness. Plus, compound that with the fact that you're you're dealing with this inner struggle of who you are. That even leads to such turmoil. And so, this is a very. Um, I certainly am not minimizing at all what you've been through, but it's very common to see this journey. What you don't see oftentimes is like you said, to the point where people either suppress it or they give up and they either suppress who they really are, or they just give up. And that was when you see um, drastic, tragic choices made. And oftentimes they are successful in doing that. But so take us to the point where you decided that, well, you, you obviously are not, uh, are you, I'm sorry, I shouldn't assume this. Are you practicing Judaism now? Or did you, did you leave that altogether as well? I'm, I'm a spiritualist now because now I'm Wiccan. And I do believe that the spirit or universe spoke in many different ways through many different beliefs. Um, and I feel that men and women all together took those things and um, exaggerated on them maybe. And also um, added things that they wanted just to control others, you know, um, because I knew in Judaism, you know, they teach that you have to cut your right hand fingernails rather than uh, first and then your left hand. And it's like, wait, where is that in the Torah? You know, <laughs> where is that in the, the books of the prophets? I don't, I think I missed that part of cutting your fingernails, you know, starting with your right hand and going to your left hand and same thing with your toenails. You know, it's like, why would God be so concerned about toenails or fingernails? You know, <laughs> like, um, you're cutting them wrong. That's wrong. 
And, and so I, it's just they added more and more. When I studied a lot of the Talmud, you know, it's like they added more and more and more to what was already there. I was like, there's already 613 commandments in the Bible. I think that's enough, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to, um, I want to, uh, so that jump from Judaism to, to Wiccan is a pretty big, yeah. so evangelical to Ju Judaism to Wiccan. I, I'd like to have a little bit of a bridge between what that, <laughs> what that let, how that, how you got from there to here. I can understand the awareness of why Wiccan yeah. spoke to you, but how did you finally make the decision that this was not going to feed your soul and you end up as a, as Wiccan? Uh, well, that, that path always kind of called to me. Like I always loved the uh, mystical movies, like, um, you know, Lord of the Rings and Narnia and you know anything of that nature. Um, and so that always drew to me, you know, it always drew to me, but I was told it was bad. You know, um, and then here you're taught in Christianity, you know, which is honestly, you know, you think of these, you know, little old ladies that have, you know, moles on their nose and uh, all of that, that kind of thing. And so um, at my job at, well, not long after I came out, there was this lady that helped me with groceries, you know, because she, I, I, I over uh, looked at my finances and uh, didn't have enough and she paid for the rest. And then she said, uh and when I started talking to her, she worked with me. And so I talked to, talked to her more and thanked her. And so we started becoming close because uh, she was such a, uh, a blessing in my life because she would help me often um, just because I was just in a financial situation that was very tough. And so we started talking and I was like, she started talking about her beliefs. Like she was psychic and she talked to animals and uh, she was Wiccan and she started showing me her tarot cards and just all these different things. I'm just like, whoa, you know, she was beautiful. And I'm just thinking, you're not what I thought you would be, <laughs> you know, uh, you're not the green little witch with the moles on her nose or the black hair and all that kind of stuff, you know, and sadly, you know, um, you know, Christianity dehumanizes witches and, and Wicca, you know, they're not, you know, and, uh, and that's very, very sad because like, uh, I've been helped more by Wiccans than Christians, you know? Um, yeah, you, you know, uh, and, uh, you're certainly speaking to my heart with this because, um, as someone since getting on social media, I have been called a hag more than more than once. And that distinction about older ladies being called that that was very intentional uh, teachings yeah. to to because as women age, we, we do become wiser as we go into our goddess crone years. And yeah. I think our ancestral heritage is is always close to us. And you're probably resonating that with the Wiccan traditions. Um, I think many of us are, especially uh, all of us at some time or another have in us our DNA where our ancestors would have uh, practiced some kind of earth-based tradition. And just to share a little thing with you, when I was, when the night I we were being ordained, I struggled all day with my ordination vows. I thought that they were already and when I got up to give them, and they were like five or six sentences, but when I got up to give them, just this came out, I said, I vow to be a goddess of kindness and a warrior for justice. And one of the deans literally yelped. She was like, yes. And she hugged me afterwards and said, no one's ever mentioned the goddess before in their vows. And I said, well, I don't know what I was honoring there for my ancestral heritage, but something arose from me. So I think it's important that even, like you said, that the demonization of other religions or other paths, it really can be congruent. Like there are such things as Christian witches. There are such other things as Wiccan yeah. Christians. It doesn't have to be yeah. exclusive. And I think that, that the way you're exemplifying it is so beautiful. 
But I want to ask you one thing because you brought this up earlier and I want to make sure that we get this because this really is, you said that you, um, you came out in 2018. So this yeah. is, this is relatively August 28. Okay. But you, you mentioned that you are, you have been, or currently are uh, being held in the care of a therapist. So you do use therapy yeah. as part of your, um, of your practice and your healing. So do you, yeah. okay. So can you just share a little bit about what that has meant for you? um, in your, in your care? And when did you start that? When did you start therapy? Um, I started therapy not long after I came out and it was more with a spiritual therapist. Um, it was a shaman, oh. um, but he had worked with, uh, mental illness or, you know, different things of that nature. Uh, so it was with, not only was I getting the spiritual aspect from it, but also the, the, the physician aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, wow, okay, great. So uh, and then recently, just recently, um, I've gotten connected with a therapist that her and I were going to meet once a week. And it's helped so much um, because they're trained to do what they do. You know, and uh, I know a friend of mine that's going through therapy. He just started um, and he said he wished he had done it a lot sooner. But he was taught and many of us were that if you're men or look like men, you shouldn't do it. It's, it makes you weak. It's, it's your your. your um, they use slander and slur words to call out people out that are doing therapy, you know? And so that's why so many just don't do it or don't, or hesitate to do it because they don't want society to look at them weird, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's, thankfully it's changing, thankfully, but it, it took on a long time for that to start to change because it is so needed. And I'm thankful too that a lot of insurance companies are, are supporting that and uh, uh, helping with that rather than before they weren't. You know, because it was, the, you know, so that for me, it's very, very vital in anyone's life, especially if you've been through what we've been through in the LGBT plus community, because I feel it, it makes us toxic and, you know, toxic people can't help toxic people. You know, I mean, you got to have someone that is trained and that has been through what they need, needed to go through to get you through the works that you need to do. And um, the one I was with first, she taught me shadow work. And that got me through a lot of different things. Would you, would you I, I, and I'd love for you to expand on that because when I mention shadow work and some of the teachings that I do, it, it, it inevitably leads to someone saying, what in the world are you talking about? So can you yeah. share a little bit? Well, first of all, I want to say bravo to you for having, um, having the energies of, of ancient medicine and modern medicine in your licensed therapist and your shamanic tradition because I've experienced both. And I think they both are absolutely amazing. And if you can have both in your life, that's an incredible experience. So bravo to you for having yeah. that. But yes, if you wouldn't mind just sharing your perspective and your experience with shadow work. Um, with me, um, it started when I watched that movie, Call Me By Your Name, um, because that's what me and my first love used to do. We would call each other by our last names, you know, um, and I broke down and I had to call my shamanist and my, you know, of course, therapist at the time. I was like, oh, my gosh, I am I'm a mess. What's going on? And she says, well, you're beginning your shadow work. You didn't even know it. And I'm like, oh, because it triggered something when I saw that and I heard that Um, because, you know, even today I miss him, you know, Um, but that made it where I had to start going back even further than when he and I had 
found out we were, you know, in love. And I had to go back to those times where I was crying myself to sleep and just start healing from, you know, it's, it's, it's all meditation and it's all, um, you know, going back from when you know you can go back far enough and you just start working your way and you're just healing yourself. And you're just, you know, telling yourself, hey, you know, you know, you should have been taught better and, and embracing who you are and, and and embracing who you were meant to be. Um, sadly, you were not, but you've gotten through it. You've come this far. Keep going. You know, so it just for me, it was more a meditative thing and um, going through each different phases of my life that I knew I needed to go through that were very dark. Mm, that's that's beautiful. So is that something now, a tool that you use now? Uh, yes, it is. Um, when I start to see certain things, so like certain things get triggered, I go to my mentors and say, hey, look, this triggered me. What do I need to do? And so they'll either instruct me to do shadow work or, you know, uh, start working on different things, you know, uh, in the physical aspect too. Mm, so. That's that's wonderful. Would you take a moment to um, share a little bit about your your persona? And uh, your second persona, I should say, Alistar. And yeah. earlier you had said that you consider your, you know, that you are non-binary. And um, I hope I can share that this is a, a two-spirit experience for you. How Can you share a little bit about how she a- arrived for you and the awareness that you came, came to her at, uh, presence in your life? Uh, it wasn't long after I came out. Because in August of 2018, I came out. Uh, October of 2018, I came out of the broom closet. That's when I started uh, Wiccan Path. Um, in 2019, at the Witch's Ball here in Tulsa, uh, that's when I first, Alistair was first introduced to the world. Because <laughs> I did um, performance there. I entertained there. But before that, it was just finding her. It was because I knew there was another part of me that I needed to find out and to search for. And um, that also helped with being with my shaman. And so I found her. Um, Alistar actually means light bearer. Ablufia, which is the middle name of Alistar, means individual of healing or person of healing in Hebrew. And of course, Terrell is now the house of uh, drag, the drag family I'm with. But uh, for the longest time before the Terrells took me as their, as their family, um, I was just Alistar Ablufia. And that's, my, that's her goal is to be a mother of healing and to help people and love on people. And, uh, and, uh, she's actually going to start being doing, uh, drag queen story hour and things like that to start oh. teaching young ones at a young age to, um, accept yourself and embrace others and be oh, diverse and, and stuff of that nature. You know, so that's, those are my, uh, our goals. And so that's with me is, uh, with both of us, it's just, I found her and it's just like when the makeup comes on and the, the wig comes on, it's, you know, Nathaniel's in the back and Alistar's to the front, you know, as, uh, uh, and people can see that because they're like, once those lashes get on, it's Nathaniel's nowhere. It's Alistar. And, uh, she's a very sassy, but, um, fun individual. And, uh, so yes. And it's, it's, it's great to have that and to embrace both of those things, both of these individuals within this body. And I'm so glad that I've been able to embrace that and express that and to, uh, find my true selves. Is that uh, something where you would be comfortable in uh, providing a picture of us? So we have a, uh, we, we too can experience Alistar. 
Yes. Well, I don't know how I can do that on here. Well, I don't know. Well, this will this will this will be uploaded to YouTube, so we could provide it. We okay. could provide it at the beginning as a clip or an end to the end of the video. So I'll, if you give oh, me yes, can, you get me the picture, if you get me the picture, I'll be sure to upload it. I have another question for you about your. You mentioned you mentioned your drag family, and that is a new term for so many of our listeners. Could you could you share a little bit about what that means? Well, uh, my drag family is. The House of Terrell. Um, and with that being said, it's Sasha Terrell is my mother, and she uh, saw me perform and uh, started to get to know me outside of uh, performing. And uh, she started helping me a lot, mentoring me in uh, different techniques for makeup or styling wigs and stuff of that nature. And then we just had a, just a connection, you know, just a, a beautiful connection. And with my family disowning me and you know, completely shunning me. I even had two death threats from biological family. Um, I was lost, you know, I still had friends that I consider family, but it still was, it was, uh, you know, you, you just need that motherly figure, you know, in your life. And, and, uh, she asked to be my drag mother. And so from there I accepted and, um, uh, I became a Terrell and never, ever, ever regretted it. It's been a beautiful family. I actually work with my drug auntie. Um, we work both at the same place. And so she got me the job that I have. So I've gotten close to her, which is my drag mom's sister. Um, and so it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful, um, yeah, yeah, there's ups and downs like any family, but it's still a beautiful thing to have. So that's um, beautiful. That's so beautiful that that people are finding community and not only that familial bonds that's that's based on your authenticity showing up completely who you are. Oh, I celebrate that for your community. That's beautiful. Yes. And so um, uh, and that's what a lot of uh, drag families do. You know, they'll take in a lot of different individuals, drag kings or drag queens, you know, baby ones. And so that way they can better them and help them grow as individuals, both in and out of drag, you know, or in and out of your different personas. Um, That's so lovely. I want to, I want to make sure we get this part because we are getting, we're pushing up against the end of this, uh, this interview, but you mentioned something that I, I just, the way you said it earlier, and I, I don't even remember in the context that you started to talk about this, but what I wrote from what you said was spirit is everything. And I think I was talking about how you rejected your evangelical heritage and the other religious traditions that were not serving your highest good. And yet you have, you have remained hungry for a a spirituality. So I'd love for you to share a little bit about what, how, how you're served now, how is your spirit, how is your spirit served? Um, My spirit, I feel like, uh, as I was saying earlier, is uh, it's, it's, it survived all of this because I do believe it's a part of us. So we all have our spirit. We all have spirit. I believe there's spirit in nature and there's spirit all around us and animals and trees and things of that nature. So it's, it's a very important, vital thing. You know, and so many reject it because of the toxic evangelical Christianity or, um, you know, the toxic form of Judaism or, or any other type of religion that's toxic. They get, they get uh, stained in their heart because they are, taught a lot of this hate and toxicity. And so a lot of people, I still reject the spirit, you know, um, 
So it's very important for us to nurture the spirit because it is part of us. It is what makes us. You know, this is just a shell. This is just a, a vessel. You know, it's nothing more than that. And and so, yes, we need to take care of it too. Uh, and I'm I, I'm an advocate of of healthiness, uh, both physically and mentally. But we've also got to take care of the spirit, and there needs to be a balance. But mm-hmm. I feel a lot of people don't do that because of the rough upbringing they've had, or in any other nature. And so they, I feel it, 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 you could tell when someone hasn't worked on their spirit, you can tell, you can just tell, oh, yeah. especially being empathic like myself. You know, I can tell when someone needs spiritual work or, you know, shadow work, uh, because if you don't do that, then you're going to just limbo and you're going to have a void. Yeah. And I then you can always fill that void with many different other things rather than what you need to. Absolutely. I think you also see that in the ways that people will try to distract or deflect from themselves, knowing that they need to do the inner work, knowing that they need to connect with spirit and start to look out, judging others, condemning others, hyper-focused on telling other people how to live versus not doing the inner work, which is where that's the work. That's what we should be doing in the first place. Yes. And I feel you know, we have to have that. And if we don't have that, you know, um, and it, it doesn't matter what religion you're in, you know, uh, the spirits everywhere and every belief I feel, um, you know, like my, what I teach others and what my shamanistic mentor taught me is that there's a big spiritual mountain and on that mountain, there's many paths, you know, and on, you have to choose the path that's right for you. It could be Buddhism, Hinduism, um, it could be, you know, Quicka, it could be pagan, Norse, uh, or it could be all of the above, you know, that's kind of what she is. She's, uh, she practices high magic and she does all of it. She believes in all of it and works with all of it. So, um, and, and, uh, I know some atheists that work with energy. They feel that there is energy. They may not call it spirit, but they call it energy. And that's still good. I feel, um, but to completely cut out spirit and say, there's no spirit and there's none of this and there's none of that. It just, it harms us. And because we were raised toxically and we were raised under rigorous religious beliefs, we shun the spirit. Yes. And that I feel is very, you know, for a while, for a short time when I came out, I I actually did for a short time. You know, I did. I was very angry at the spirit. I was very angry at the creator. And uh, but then I realized, wow, this is just man manipulating scripture that, um, you know, that doesn't say the things that they claim it says or altering verses so it can better fit their toxic hate and making, you know, things, taking things out of context, cherry picking, you know, that's another thing I see too. Um, it's like one work on yourself, you know, you know, as, as you said, we have to work on ourselves. We got to stop pointing the finger. You know, as one person told me there, you know, as you're pointing a finger, guess what? There's four more pointing back at you. Yep. And a lot of, and a lot of people, um, I feel that are against my community is because they are fighting those same tendencies and those same desires. Yes, they wish not to cave in and, 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 and accept that of themselves. Cause I did, I was very toxic when I was a pastor and I taught against my community. I was uh, very toxic with it, you know, because that's how I was taught. You know, I hated myself. I hated this side of me and, um, I didn't embrace it because I was told it was sinful and wrong. And if you do, you're demonic and all these different things. And so I'm just like, okay, well, you know, so when I did it, I did it too. I didn't see that that it was love that same sex relations had. It was lust or that was 
evil and wicked and it was demonic and just all these different things. And now when I see it, when I'm in this community and I see all this love, you know, where it's just beautiful, you know, cause now I actually uh, officiate weddings now of uh, same sex, you know, whatever religion, whatever, you know, uh, whether heterosexual or homosexual, it's, I, I, I officiate weddings and hopefully one day I get to have someone officiate mine. Because oh, I, <laughs> I know you will. Every, every wedding I officiate, I'm just like, Oh, I wish this was mine. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, so. uh, we're going to wrap this up, but, and I was going to ask you a question. Um, you, even though you just, you, you, you expressed it so beautifully, I still feel the need to ask you this question and see what rises for you. How do you celebrate your authenticity? How, how do you celebrate you? now i celebrate myself and how i look now you know i when i was in my my workplace putting on makeup it just it feels like wow you know this is me you know that that, that song this is me is yes. my anthem you know that that movie came out oh yeah and um uh, that was my song that was me that was i was bawling 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 in the theater, you know, I had some people asking me, was that okay? And I'm just like, yeah, you know, because <laughs> I was on the brink of coming out, you know, and uh, that song helped so much. And I sung it so much after I came out, you know, this is me, this is me, this is me. And that, that just, I love uh, music like that. that speaks to me like that really, you know, like this is me or, you know, yes, I know it's frozen, but, you know, um, let it go, you know, <laughs> I mean, uh you know, the other Frozen 2 song, you know, uh, hearing the voice, you know, hearing the voice that is calling to you to be yourself rather than to rejecting it. Be yourself. You know, as uh, Eureka O'Hara says from RuPaul Drag Race, you know, free yourself to be yourself. Yeah. You know, if you don't free yourself to be yourself, then guess what? You're uh, you're going to be held back. You're going to be in change. You're going to be resenting yourself, hating yourself, hating others that may act like you or look like you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we see all these protesters at pride, half of them, if not all of them wish to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. They wish to be on the other side, celebrating life, celebrating love, celebrating who they are, but they can't because they were taught very toxic things that were evil and wrong. Right. And so, you know, I say, you know, as that says, you know, the louder the person yelling is the, the louder inside they wish they could be themselves, whether mm-hmm. gay, lesbian. Yeah trans, whatever, transsexual, they, uh, they are within themselves, hating themselves so much that it's spewing out to others. You know, as the Bible even says, love yourself so you can love others. Because if you don't love mm-hmm. yourself, how can you love others? And if all you're doing is pointing the finger and you're spewing hate and spewing toxicity, and then this verse says this, and that verse says this, and that's all you're focused on, rather than love and peace and harmony, then guess what? You're, you are in deep trouble. Because Absolutely. you are uh, on the brink of, of dangerous behavior and you're also harming others. And it's like, if it's wrong, then just keep your mouth shut and let whomever you believe in take care of it. That's true. Oh, well, this, this phrase, I always close the podcast with this phrase, blessed be. And as a Wiccan, you probably have heard that before. Uh, yes. I've been I've been busted a time or two by by using it, but like I said, I, I embrace my ancestral heritage, and I'm not afraid to uh, step 
fully into it. But Nathaniel, my goodness, this time has has gone by so quickly. And I have just absolutely adored every second with you, my friend. I so look forward to the next time I want to have you back on a live or something and let uh, let where we can be a little yeah. bit more casual and see what kind of questions come up from the audience. I think yeah. that uh, your story will resonate with so many people. So thank you so much, uh, my friend. Hugs to you. And I'm just, if you'll hold on a second, I'm going to do the closing and then I'll, uh, I'll close us out here. Okay, beloveds, I'm honored to be in this space with you and I pray you received something. I know I did. I certainly enjoyed this time together with Nathaniel because the teacher teaches what she needs to hear. And now beloveds, go in peace and be at peace. Go in love and may you be loved. Go and know that others are on this journey with you and you are not alone. You are seen and deeply and unconditionally loved just the way you are. Blessings on your week and I'll see you soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. Be sure to like and subscribe to Spirituality Matters wherever you listen to podcasts. You can watch the uncut version of today's episode on YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe to Rev Carla's channel for more videos. Submit questions for upcoming Q&A videos or topics of discussion to spiritualitymatters at revcarla.com. As always, follow at Rev Carla on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Pinterest for more spirituality teachings. Bye for now.